Coming up on this week's episode, we begin by discussing secret second ceilings, running stinks in your walls, and clogging the series of tubes. Then we get into the biggest tech story of the moment, Apple's new M1 chip and the transition arm. Stick around, it all starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 293, recorded November 16th, 2020. An arm and a leg. Oh my god, I'm freaking out. Um, <laughs> Should we do this no, again? Are you okay? Uh, yeah, take two. No, 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 I got this. Okay. This is Don't Panic. I'm Colby Rabideau, and I'm here with two guys who would give an arm and a leg to get their hands on one of those new Apple Silicon MacBooks. Woo! But you gotta say our names. Who are we? Sean and Dan. It's hey. Sean and Dan. Wonderful. That was excellent. Should we do it again from the top? No, no, it's all staying in. I do not edit these, so. It's in the show. I think it's perfect. Very nice. Well done. My my original uh, my original plan for a joke was I was going to say, and I'm joined as always by two guys who don't know how to tell time. It's only 9 p.m., guys. It's Colby <laughs> Rabideau and Dan Miller because we're, we're early tonight. It's true. We might be early from from henceforth right uh, you will not hear complaints from me i'm fine with it until one of us moves to the west coast <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know i'm weirdly awake right now isn't it odd the energy is like we're, we're just jumping out of our skin here to talk about nothing i'm not quite sure what's going on guys uh, i well I think this is probably if if we were to pick a a story from 2020 that that was the only thing we were going to talk about. This is the one I'm most excited about. So, well, we're I'm well, glad it's this one. We're only a, a little more than a month and a half away from our annual year end wrap up episode, where you will have to pick the biggest story of 2020. So it could be this. Could be this. It could be this. It wouldn't be. <laughs> but otherwise, it would be this. Spoilers. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we will definitely talk about that major story, folks. You're going to want to stick around for that. But in the meantime, guys, what else is going on? Anything of anything of thrill? Anything of note? Oh man. Um. I don't know. I. Oh, like nothing for me. Oh, just that time of year, I suppose. I'm almost finished with. Uh... Red Dead Redemption 2. I've been playing it for mm. two and a half years. <laughs> Can I be honest? I didn't think that game... There's some. So I'm not a big video game guy. And I don't know a lot about video games. But these video games that are I, like that or like Fallout or like some of these games that are like long time open worldy games. I'm like, do they have ends? Uh, it might not. I'm not sure. But I'm in part two of the epilogue right now. So I, oh. I think I'm getting close. Damn. A end. Damn, that's a that's a lot of epilogues. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings stuff going on here. Yeah. Um, I put some new smart switches in my in my house. Oh, that's exciting! What brand did you go with? Whoa, <laughs> that was startling. Uh, I just got more Lutrons. I have I have the Lutrons. I love my I Lutrons. Think. They're great. Yeah, they're they're. I'm going to say this and then they're going to start acting weird, but like they're the only reliable smart switchy thing that I own. 
there is something to be said about actually integrating it into the actual wiring of your house. Yeah, it turns out. I guess you don't get the, you know, you can't change the color of the lights, but it's fine. They've been great for my ceiling fans. They make great ceiling fan controllers, I will say. That's cool. That's really cool. I wanted to put up a ceiling fan, but my the inside of my ceiling is what is chaos. Total, total chaos. So, Seen it? Yeah, I've been up there. I took down the bracket. There's a, there's a, a so on above my ceiling. There's another ceiling. Oh, that's fun. I've seen that. Yeah. 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 Um, who knows? Like above in the, that in the data stuff. centers when they have the, the raised floor to run the wiring, except you have a lowered ceiling. It's exactly <laughs> like that. And that's where the wiring runs. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's a third ceiling above the second ceiling, but. That's the roof. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if, so. you, if you need a hand, I've installed, give or take, about 12 different ceiling lights and fans in this house since I purchased it. So I've gotten oh. really good at those, like, buy at Home Depot, do-it-yourself fans and light switches. Although I installed a fan in the basement, and when I was moving stuff into it this weekend, I banged into it. And, like, now it's it's hanging, but kind of half hanging, and the light still works, but I'm afraid to turn the fan on in that it may rip itself out of the ceiling, so I have got to fix that. Nice. Yeah, you definitely should. I think in Boston, you have to get a building permit to put in a ceiling fan. That's zany. Yeah. I I, I haven't confirmed that because I, looked, I took one look in the ceiling, and I was like, oh, never mind. This is... This is beyond my beyond my skill there's too much indirection (laughs) were you gonna put in a new ceiling fan what was the uh or i i just had i have a ceiling light like we can we can Uh, look look at my ceiling right like there's a light there wow it's bright ceiling it is bright oh i messed up my camera angle um so i was just gonna put a ceiling fan there there's like all kinds of things happening in the, in the ceiling. It's, it's also like, so there is like a layer of sheetrock and then there are like two by fours, like, you know, the length of the, the, the room, like the, the thin way, two Mm -hmm. by fours of the thin way. And those two by fours are screwed into presumably the studs in the actual ceiling above the, the sub ceiling. But you have a false ceiling of sorts. Right. And they're like where these things are located is total chaos. Right. Like they're not like conveniently placed to put a ceiling fan right in the middle of the room. So there would be there would be some uh, like minor demolition involved, I think. And well, you know, you bring up a great point. Actually, I would love your two advice on this, especially you, Dan. No offense to Colby, but you've actually spent way too much time dealing with this stuff. But um I have an issue because in my house now, actually, this is her first night living downstairs, but I'm living with my mother. She has a full apartment in the basement and I live above. And I'm trying to figure out how to make sure we both have internet. One Comcast coming into the house, one modem upstairs with me. My original plan was I was going to run an ethernet line down from the modem upstairs down into the basement and just hook up a separate second router. 
and create a separate network for her downstairs. So we weren't kind of overlaying each other, even though we're using the same internet connection. The issue is, I learned, talking about running wires, um, is that I cannot run an Ethernet line down into my basement just due to where boards are and I can't reach things and there are now kitchen cabinets in the way and it's a whole thing. So Mm -hmm. I can't... I was like, oh, well, then I guess I'll just run two routers upstairs, but I'm not getting a good enough reception in the far reaches of the basement to make that practical. So I'm trying to figure out what a good solution is where I can't run a wire. I don't know. You can't run a wire. Correct. But Okay. I think you have two solutions. Uh, you could... Well, I think you have three solutions. Uh, you could do the power line Ethernet thing because, mm-hmm. uh, no offense to your mom, but I don't know if she super cares about how good or quality your internet is. And that honestly might be better than solution two, which is you do like have a router upstairs. And maybe you should invest in a router that can broadcast different uh, wireless networks. So you really yeah. only need one router. And then a second like wireless access point downstairs that repeats that signal that it gets from upstairs yeah option three is can run (laughs) why you just haven't believed in yourself enough like could you run it outside and then back in through a back wall or something i mean i could really go wild with the cable i could I think right. so right now this I'm doing solution D which is I'm just putting all her stuff on my wireless network cuz I have a super beefy router and so far it's been okay um and I'm going to wait and see but I think you're right I think some kind of repeater downstairs is probably what I'm going to lean towards so you the router that you have upstairs is fine as long as she's using well, my, my concern with my router is I have plenty of internet for us to share. My concern is I have like 40 Wi-Fi devices already on my router or on my on my router because of all my smart home shit. And so I said if I had another 10 plus devices of hers, yeah. I, I'm just concerned about slowing down my... And now that my desktop is on wireless, like when we're doing these shows and stuff because I can't run wires, um, that that's my only concern. Yeah. So actually, I could maybe I could just put in a repeater on my current network. Yeah, I would like the the classical solution to this is you have a router that can broadcast multiple different networks. So it's one router, but completely separate networks, but same internet connection, but mm. still only one piece of hardware. Mm. Now that doesn't like that the that thing has to be able to handle that many connections, which like. There exist routers that can do that for sure. And you're still ultimately, you're going to have the problem of like, I don't know what kind of internet connection you have, but depending, like you could imagine someone streaming 4K video and it's slowing the show down. So that's a separate problem Mm -hmm. uh, that you're going to have to solve no matter how you do this. If you just have one egress to the internet. No, I I should have enough juice coming into the building. I'm not, I'm not as concerned about that. Yeah, then I then I would say like the cleanest solution is just get a router that can completely separate the two networks. You might already have a router that can do that. I don't know. Hmm. Um, where like you could set it up such that if she or you tried to ping her phone, it just would 
completely different. Completely different. Gotcha. Uh, which is more that's more for a security thing than like a performance thing though. Security. Like I don't know. You don't have to worry about your wallet, but uh uh separation can be nice. Goes to DEF CON every year. Yeah, she's gonna hack into the show, be careful. Uh, but th- those are the two things that I would, if you can get a router that just handles everything and doesn't have any range issues, that seems the simplest thing. Oh, sure. Then the only question is how separate you want it to be. Or run the wire outside and then back. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Dan would do. I wish. Hey, believe it or not, I actually, for the first time in my life, I've always wanted one. And I was splurging at Home Depot on a bunch of crap, and I actually bought a uh, snake to run wires in walls, if you've ever used one of those. I've never used one. That's cool. I got one of the cheaper ones. I wish I could have gotten one of the like nice electrician ones, but um, but I got one for this and for other... Uh, I have a like couple wall-mounted TVs I want to run wires for and stuff through the walls, but... Um, Unfortunately, I didn't get to use it because the the issue is um, there's just a solid board between my upstairs and my downstairs in the wall. And without actually like cutting out a bunch of drywall, I can't get in there with a drill to drill a hole through it to put the Ethernet through. It's not an open cavity down into the basement, unfortunately. I think that's a fire thing. I would hope so. It seemed legit. And what annoyed me was the cable line that runs upstairs to downstairs. Actually, someone had drilled a hole and put it through, but they actually drilled the right size hole to just fit the cable line. And it was like, okay. you were supposed to do the wrong thing where you drilled like a giant freaking hole. Sure. Um, there's actually, you know, the, the power line things? Yeah. Uh, they make stuff like that, but for cable. Well, uh, so we- that's my, but the line that runs between the basement and the living room is that runs up to my modem, and I only have that one right. line. But what you could do, oh, that what you could do is the the cable comes in from outside into the house. Yes, it goes to a modem. Yes, uh, and before it goes to the modem, let's see, how does this work? Uh, oh, yeah, it goes to the modem, and then it goes from the modem, the internet comes out of the cable, and then goes to your router, right? Yes. Now, uh, you plug in a special device that is Ethernet to cable, plug that into the cable that goes down into the basement, and then have a cable to Ethernet that goes to a wireless access point in the basement. But can you can you run the internet up into the modem on the same line you're pushing the internet down into the basement? Wait, on? This, this is what I don't understand. There's one the, there's one okay. cable, yeah, that runs into my upstairs, which yeah. screws into the back of the modem. Yeah. Where does it come from? The basement, where it comes into the house. Ah, I see. I see. So it's just that one line. Well, then you could reverse it. Uh, maybe like you're gonna blow you, up my house. Could you like terminate that cable earlier in the basement? Put all the networking stuff in the basement, and then run uh the internet over the cable up to the upstairs, and then put another router upstairs. That's an interesting idea. That is, and you know what's really interesting is. 
I do have a cable line that runs across the length of the basement, so I could actually put a wireless access point upstairs and one downstairs at two points where they actually should be. Hmm. Yeah, what, is the, what are those cables called again? Coaxial. Coax, yeah, coaxial cable. Hmm. That's, I hadn't thought, that's, oh, you're a smart guy, Dan, I hadn't thought of that. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I was gonna try to be swinging like can I have two modems and Comcast is like absolutely not. <laughs> oh, if you pay them, they'll let you. Oh yeah, um, they're called Mocha Multimedia Over Coax Alliance MOCA adapters. Now, if you got rid of, oh, you probably need that coax cable though for cable. I don't, not upstairs, just downstairs. Uh, well, so uh, could you take that cable out and just run your Ethernet through the hole that cable was in? Um, That's true. That may be. I don't know if the hole is, the hole is just, the issue is, and I've learned mm. this over my many years of running cable, the head of an Ethernet cable is slightly larger than the head of a coaxial cable. Now, it depends on how tight solution. that hole is. Oh, I, I was gonna say. I think if you're feeling feeling feisty, you can take the top no, off. No, of okay, come on. Look, I'm not. It. Stop it's, that. It's pretty easy, Sean. It's pretty easy. Uh, and they make these little tools you can use to do that. Uh, you can buy a Ethernet cable with the head part on it, and then use your little snake to run that, and then just attach the head on the end. It's like plugging plug the red wire into the red kind of stuff. Well, I will say, for the record, I did take apart my entire washing machine today to replace a because my contractor was a moron and put a hole in the drain pipe of my washer and didn't tell me. And then I ran it and got water everywhere, so I had to put in a new drain pipe, but it required taking, like, the entire thing apart. So I could be a handy guy once in a while. Okay. Okay, this is... Well, but the thing is, is if I... If I put the modem in the basement and ran the Ethernet cable up, then I wouldn't have to do the Mocha adapter because you've really basically solved my problem. Right, yeah. Okay, I'm going to try that first, but I am very much intrigued by these Mocha adapters. That may be my second. Okay, I will follow up. This is all... See, this is why I come right to you guys. This has been enormously helpful. It's awesome. This is this is wild stuff. Maybe uh, we, should, we should change the topic of the show into a, like... It's like car like, talk, but for your home internet stuff. Right, and also totally unqualified. Yeah, people will, <laughs> people will call in with their crazy problems, and yeah, I don't know. Did you just get a longer cable? <laughs> no, no, this is good. Like well, this is good. I because I know that you know, Dan has spent really just too much time thinking about these things. I've seen his picks. Oh, you haven't seen my latest pick. That's true. Uh, we took all of that, all of that networking stuff, and now all lives in its own little cardboard box. Is a little <laughs> bit, but as a result, you can't see any of it. All you see is a little like glowing white orb on top, which is the the Wi-Fi stuff. Well, nice. that's I actually need a networking equipment box. I now have so much that I actually am looking for like a cubby or something I can put them all in. You know what's perfect for it? What? Uh, I forget what it's called, but IKEA makes these like little square inserts that you can 
like insert into various products that they sell mm. that turns like a shelf into a cubby with a door. Oh. And if you just get those things and then jerry rig the like structure around it, it looks pretty good. Oh, that's a great. I'm going to IKEA anyway, so I'll have to check that out. Yeah, that's what I. I basically I have like a basket that fits under my couch, and there's just a there's just a rat's nest of Wi-Fi routers and uh, smart home bridges and well, yeah, cables. It's, of... it's the smart home bridges that kill me. I have four of them now, which is too many, too many. Yeah, that's why it's gross. Yeah. Um, too many bridges. You're going places. Uh, you know, <laughs> straight to straight to crazy town. Uh, no, hey, that's that's good advice. I'll uh, I'll take your challenge. Nice. And report back. Work on that. That's that's fun. Um, well, that's wonderful. Anything else, uh, guys, gentlemen, folks? No, I just want to run Ethernet cables through my walls now. Well, you got that fake ceiling, man. You might as well use it. You can borrow That's my true. snake. Right? You just run it down through the light the light fixture. <laughs> just from the... <laughs> You're like, Colby, you know just they invented sure wireless, right? Like... Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I don't even know what it would be like to have wired internet. I haven't used wired internet in years. Not even at work. We didn't even... I don't even think we had ethernet at our desks at work at my last work maybe i'm maybe i'm being unfair maybe we did and it was just really slow oh did i did i tell you guys i took out my entire company's internet in the building Ooh, no i i you'll you'll never believe this i get a call i'm going about my normal daily operations okay i swear hand to god i'm doing nothing i don't normally do on an average day and everyone in the building, of course, we're all, it's all open cubes. Everyone's like, is everyone, is anyone else having problems with Outlook? You know, like they're all trying to look around. Is the internet not working for everybody? Let's get that a lot. My phone rings. IT person's name comes up on it. Oh, no. Pick up the phone. Hello. Uh, Sean, it says here you're using 75% of the internet in your building. What What are you doing? I'm like... I don't know. I can check. So I open up uh, the task manager and I'm looking at what's running and um, it's just like Dropbox and OneDrive are just syncing a couple files, like maybe a gigabyte's worth of files. Uh, and it crashed the internet in the entire building to the point where the warehouse couldn't ship out orders because they didn't have enough internet. I literally ground the company to a halt, <laughs> syncing a few files on, on OneDrive. <laughs> They're like, can you please stop doing that? I'm like, well, it's kind of my job. And they're like, well, can you do it like after hours at home? And I'm like, are you serious? Are you crazy? And I I asked him, I said, what do we have? We have a building with, I don't know, maybe 30 office employees and everyone else out in the warehouse, everyone else out in the warehouse. We have a 20 megabit line for the building. Ooh. I'm like, what is this, DSL? I'm like, what decade spender. is this? Oh, my God. <laughs> And the other, the other best part is they oh. told me, because I really was giving them the shit. I'm like, 20? I have 10 times that at my house. Come on, guys. And they literally said, they said, well, you know, Sean, if this becomes a problem, we can look into getting, like, you your own, like, Comcast residential line run to our building if it's really a problem. I'm like, so that's how you solve it. 
Like, why wouldn't they just get more bandwidth for the Hulk? <laughs> they tried, again, they were very nice about it. And I don't, they tried to explain to me there was some technical reason where it's not a normal line, it's a special line. And it, I didn't understand what they were saying. But uh, but I just couldn't believe that I, I took out the entire company just uploading a couple big files. It's pretty impressive. So it's going great. Sean, did, did you hear about the uh, the time that a student at our alma mater uh, took down the internet for the the entire campus, uh, but also routed the entire internet through his dorm room? <laughs> no, well, this wasn't you, was it? No. <laughs> no, the, the person in question was uh, banned from using the internet at Maris for life. Um, and so subsequently left. Can can I, uh, can I, they weren't like setting up a torrent server or something crazy, were they? No, no, no. They plugged in a Wi-Fi router into that little Ethernet port on their wall. <laughs> and then the Wi-Fi router was like, I'm a thing that can give out IP addresses. Everybody, like, send me your info. I'll give you an IP address. And then all the devices on the network were like, okay, yeah, here you go. Give me your IP address. And it was like, cool, here's your IP address. Here's your IP address. And so before you do it, every computer is siphoned off of the actual router. Uh, and it was all running through his dorm room. They, you know, when, when people try to, when I try and think about how the internet works, just like period, like just how it like exists, it's things like that where I'm like, I just don't, I will never understand it. I will never understand it. Absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. Well, Gentlemen, we uh, we have just an overflowing list of news stories to talk about this week. While you're deciding from our huge list here, I want to thank everybody who's joining us live right now. Facebook.com slash Don't Panic Show. Zach Friss is in the chat room. Good longtime friend of the show. Um, you can join us uh, streaming live at now 9 p.m. Uh, on Monday nights uh, over at Facebook. Be sure to comment and we'll take a look at it during the show. Guys, which, uh, which story are you going to choose for us to start with? talk about our max all right we got an arm and a leg and we're talking about it apple's one more thing hardware event uh and it's all about the arms that's it's arm day not leg day uh the m1 the new arm processor for max a five nanometer custom made chip from our friends at apple um now i have to remember all their different chip names which is really annoying um it, uh, it will power the new MacBook Pro, Mac Mini, and MacBook Pro, among others. Uh, it is an 8-core CPU, uh, which Apple says offers the world's best performance per watt on a C- of a CPU. Um, it has uh, four fast CPU cores with four high-efficiency cores. It also has an 8-core GPU, which Apple claims offers the world's fastest integrated graphics. It also has a 16-core neural engine, a universal memory architecture, an Apple-designed Thunderbolt controller with support for USB 4, an image signal processor, media encode and decode engines, and a host of security feature features, including hardware-verified secure boot encryption and runtime protection. Uh, we'll talk about the hardware it was released on in a little bit, but any initial thoughts on the chip itself? Uh, it's amazing. Like the, I think I don't remember what it was, but I'm what I know for sure is that I think it was the MacBook Pro. It might even be the MacBook Air. 
is faster than remember last week i was talking about that like oh yeah i got a the like entry level 16 inch macbook pro uh the i'm pretty sure the macbook air is now faster than that laptop in every way yeah i believe Uh, i believe not only that but I'm pretty sure that even running Intel apps under their little emulation layer is still faster. Like the the emulation is twenty or thirty percent slower, but the MacBook Air is more than twenty or thirty percent faster than the sixteen inch MacBook Pro. It's crazy. Yeah, no how to, I think the number I saw was that the new MacBook Pro with the M one chip is faster than any computer Apple has has ever manufactured um including the yeah. the actual like mac pro right cheese grater big daddy yeah but because they're the same chip and they're running at the same clock speed uh what that means is that the macbook air is capable of reaching those speeds but only for a limited amount of time which is nuts yeah, well, let's talk about some of the hardware, and then we can dig into what it might actually mean for you, the consumer. Hey, don't panic. Uh, the new MacBook Air was first up, starting at nine ninety nine with the M1 chip. Um, it's available November 17th. You can order it right away. Uh, oh, that's tomorrow. It's available tomorrow. Uh, the base model includes the 7-core GPU and 256 gigabytes of storage, as well as 8 gigabytes of memory, and you can max it out uh, with 16 gigabytes of memory. That's actually the most the M1 chip will currently support, though they say they want to um, update it more in the future uh, with 2 terabytes of storage in that maxed out version. Um, no fan, as you mentioned, Dan. No fan needed. Um, it uh, Otherwise, it looks like a... MacBook Air. Uh, they say it's faster than 98% of PC laptops sold in the last year. It's also five, uh, 3.5 times faster than the MacBook Air released earlier this year. Um, they'll get the longest battery life ever on a MacBook Air. 15 hours of wireless web browsing, 18 hours of video playback, um, an increase of 4 and 6 hours respectively compared to the Intel chip version. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's it's such a good deal. Uh, I think we're gonna look back on this laptop like we do that like second generation 2011 MacBook Air, because uh, the the value is so crazy good. Well, and that's what's fascinating when you contrast that with the 13 inch MacBook Pro that's also getting the M1 chip. Uh, that'll start at 1299. Uh, and we'll be able to expand beyond there. Uh, really, the only differences, though, between the computer, believe it or not, the MacBook Pro is actually technically thinner, uh, if you can believe it. It just doesn't have the tapered edges, so it doesn't quite feel as thin. Uh, but they have the exact same M1 chip. The big difference is the fan. Uh, the MacBook Pro has a fan where the Air does not, and the fan allows the MacBook Pro to uh, run at higher uh, clocking, higher speeds for longer periods of time uh, without having to stop. So you're actually getting more power out of the exact same chip simply by adding a fan. Uh, it also, there's a touch bar in the MacBook Pro, which you don't get in the air, um, and a few other slight tweaks. But otherwise, it's it's basically the same internals. Uh, do we want to talk about the my, my favorite Apple moments ever? 
might be my second favorite or third favorite moment of 2020, the, the Craig Federighi gif of opening up the, the instant on laptop lid. Instant wake with Big Sur. Yes, that's right. I don't think people appreciate how big of a change that will be. It's kind of like being able to treat your laptop. That feature, along with the battery life, it'll be like being able to treat your laptop as a phone, uh, where it's just always on. It doesn't run out of battery, and you just pick it up, and it's instantly going, which is, it kind of sounds like where we are today, but I think it being just that much faster and lasting just that much longer will mean that you use it differently. You just plug in your laptop at night. Like, why even go, why even have a charger? Just plug it in at night when you get home. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Uh, quickly, I will say, uh, also Mac Mini uh, getting the update as well with the M1 chip. Uh, it is uh, starting at six ninety nine. Um, it is, uh, better, faster, more energy efficient, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it is available sooner now. I don't quickly see this article. So, um, there's that. And then the one other thing, and then we'll dig into the details here. Sir, MacOS 11, Big Sur, um, will maximize M1, as they said, take full advantage of the chip and launched on the 12th. So it's already out and about. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to try the Big Sur. If you have any early thoughts. Well, that's another thing we can talk about. The uh, disastrous Big Sur rollout. Yes. Hey, please. I now, again, I'm not a Mac guy. So you guys tell me all about it. A Mac at work? I do, but my company basically mandates I'm like two versions back on Mac OS. Oh, okay. So. Okay. Yeah, I haven't tried Big Sur yet because I tried to download it what was it on Friday when it came out and I got a bunch of weird errors and I was like, that's weird. And I went back to my, my other work on this, this MacBook pro right here. And I was, I was working with someone on something and I was, he was like video sharing and showing me a screen. And I just added all this new code. and It was taking forever to start in his computer. I was like, what is going on? This is so weird. It's way faster for me. And I was like, oh, well, you know, sometimes computers slow down when you run hangout. Who knows what it could be, right? Uh, and then many hours later, I'm on Twitter and I see that the entire world is freaking out because, like, all Macs suffered a outage uh, for software that had not previously been run and was non-Apple software wouldn't start for some amount of time or would take a very, very long time to start because of this, like, anti-malware thing that they had or have where every time you run an app, it checks some like certificate to see if that app has been like banned by Apple, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, and if it can't, if the server is taking a long time to respond, it just waits for it uh, rather than starting the app. Uh, so I haven't gotten to try Pixar. <laughs> and I can't believe that they, that, that, that any, I don't know, that's like a classic thing I think about when I write software that's way less important. It's like, oh, what happens if this thing like stops working? Like, what happens if the server stops responding? What do we do? Uh, and I can't believe for something as crucial as like, well, this thing runs every time you start any app at all. Mm -hmm. They're like, ah, it's fine. Like, the server will always respond. What? So yeah, I don't have anything to say about Big Sur. Colby, have you tried Big Sur? 
Yeah, I'm I'm podcasting from Big Sur right now. Um, the I had the same problem you had, where I had like I tried to download it the first time and it failed, and I tried to download it again and it failed, but then the third time it worked. The charm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's fine. It seems the same, except the icons look different and things are in different places. I don't hate it. I like the... Do I like the little notification? I do like the notification. The notification stuff is a lot better than it used to be. Um, otherwise, it's on my non-work computer, so like most of the computering I've done is on my work computer, and that's still... Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you one. like the, the new alert windows and stuff like that? The new alert windows? Like if you, if you got like a file... If you got like an alert saying, hey, are you sure you want to do this? Okay, cancel. Like one of those. I don't know what they call them. Yeah, I, I don't think I had any opinion. Is there what, what is, what is it? I know they look different. Do they look like? I saw a bunch of rig and roll on Twitter about them. Oh. They take up too much space and they're all vertically centered. And yeah, I've seen, built. I've seen a lot of complaints about the new design and UI. Uh, that they've essentially taken away options that have been there for a long time, just to have simpler interfaces and and just sort of forcing people to change the way they use it in not a positive way, from what I've read. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel like it's forced me to change the way I used it, so maybe I just wasn't that advanced. <laughs> a, a, a mediocre Mac user. Or like most people, you just spend most of your time on your phone, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to, I like some of the new, like the HomeKit app seems better. On the Mac one, Good. it seems a little more like, like it has a nice side menu now that has like things that you should totally be able to see on the, on the, on the Mac one. Um, I haven't I haven't tried reminders. That was the one that I really was really hoping like the old reminders app on Mac was hot garbage. Um the catalystified iOS version that came out a year or two ago. Yeah. So that's I guess maybe it's it looks kind of the same. Maybe nothing changed with reminders. Hmm. I don't know. It's it seems fine, but like I said, I haven't I haven't really gotten into it. I haven't had any like like nothing doesn't work. Okay. Well, that's like, I, haven't, uh, I guess the bare minimum. Right. I haven't had any like software flakiness. I missed out on the whole like all Mac apps not starting. I saw it after, but I mustn't have tried to open an app in that particular hour. Uh it, it would have been a new uh, oh, and a new program. I see. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. not, because that can't be how it works, because then they would never be able to ban apps that people have already installed. I know that they can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Pretty uninformed opinion from me. <laughs> well, that's good. Fail. Well, I'd, I'd look, I will say, and Dan, maybe you have to sell me on this. I'm lukewarm on M1. I, 
I I get the on paper. I get because Windows is trying to move to ARM too. They're not doing as good of a job, but they're also trying and selling on the same benefits. I get why ARM overall as an architecture is important and likely the future. M1 specifically, maybe I just need more time to actually see them in the wild working because Apple has promised a lot of stuff that they're like, oh, everything's going to work. And like all the iOS and iPadOS apps will be on there and it'll Rosetta 2 and everything's just going to, it's going to be like the exact same as the old machine, but better. And it's like, I am skeptical about this sort of, especially now that they're going to be selling them side by side with the Intel machines. I just, I don't see a clear path forward. Yeah, like, I, feel like, I feel like the, uh, I hadn't really thought about them selling them side by side with the Intel machines. I guess most people like, I don't know if what they say is true, right? Like if it's fine, if it just runs whatever via the Rosetta virtualization thing. I guess it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, even like, and the one thing I know doesn't work, which is bad news for Colby and I, is like, so like other virtualization programs like Docker on the Mac, uh, those need to be changed. Uh, but for most people, even if you have like a special uh, Photoshop plugin that adds functionality of Photoshop, and your Photoshop is running uh, an M1 version of Photoshop, and the but the plugin hasn't been updated. Even that still works. So like, almost everything works. And if those benchmarks we saw earlier this week are to be believed, they're all faster. Like unless you have a super duper high end Mac, even running an emulated app is faster than running a non emulated. Sure. On an Intel Mac. And, well, and and I hope it does. And I hope it does, and I hope everything they promise comes true. I mean, I, I this is a, a big change. I ho- I hope it goes smoothly. I just yeah. I, I just think to a future where I, I was reading today, you know, talking about iOS and iPadOS apps running natively on M1 chips on on the ARM computers. Uh, a number of companies have already said they're not. Apple said by default the apps will translate over unless you opt out. And Facebook, Google, a number of large companies have already opted out and said, we're not going to allow our iOS and iPadOS apps on M1 architecture. Sure. Well, I mean, we we did the same thing at work. Uh, Honestly, mostly because we don't have an Apple, like we don't have an Apple Silicon device to test the app on right like no i don't know it might work i don't know but but i'm just i I, it just what concerns me is just a con like i get that they want to smash all their stuff together and i'm cool with that i'm just worried about a convoluted future where touch enabled apps don't work on this hardware maybe they have a touch device i guess that's the ipad but then what's the difference between that and mac and I, I just, I look at it, all these things from a consumer perspective. And this is like, for us, this is cool stuff. And this is cutting edge and we're all for it. But for a grandma who finds Macs easy to use and is going in to buy a laptop, this is confusing. And there's a lot going on here. And it's hard to know what these computers not only look like today, but what they're going to look like a year or two from now. Yeah. 
fair. It's going to be interesting to see how, like, will Max have touchscreens in the future? I don't know. Oh, they will. But, 100%. I'd put cash <laughs> on it. They will. Come on. They, yeah, they will. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we can talk about that in a minute. But, like, there are upsides to this, too. Um, now, if your grandma wants to watch Netflix, I don't know if Netflix is going to allow their apps to run, but Netflix should want to allow their apps to run because it's much easier for Netflix to control the experience especially from a drm perspective and a native app than it is on a website uh right so like there's not going to be any more of this like oh hbo max like how do i watch hbo max my laptop's like no it's like the, it's the app on your phone on the apple tv it's all the same thing so like that's the upside of the of the real downside that you're describing uh i just think it's easy for us to forget about that because we're like oh of course you go to hbo max.hbo.com slash app slash sign in and like that's how you do it and then you have oh but what happened oh then you have to like go to make sure that you've like logged in with your itunes account so that you can create an actual account so that you can get your it's like right it's like oh my god um that stuff can get really complicated the other side of it though is like oh i wonder why facebook and google aren't allowing their apps to run uh, and Twitter, maybe it's because they get less analytics from Apple apps. So they're like, yeah. why would we incentivize you to well, use something where we can't track more of what you're doing? Right. And, uh, you know, also like Facebook and Google and Twitter uh, have the resources to make bespoke Mac apps or make bespoke, yeah. you know, desktop apps where, you know, it, the, uh, I feel like... Twitter Twitter was like the first user of this. Twitter already has a Mac app that is cross-compiled from their iOS app. They're like a launch partner. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was just going to say like, you know, for smaller developers with less resources, like this could be a boon, right? Like, I, like I want overcast on my Mac and it, I don't think it's ever going to happen unless except this scenario maybe it won't even happen for this scenario but it would be really nice right like it's not like i don't need it to be i don't need the app to be any different on my computer than it is on my phone it'll it'll be just fine i just needed to play my podcasts like from the computer but, but doesn't this devalue the laptop When when, no. when you yes and no it no it does it does because again uh, in the Apple ecosystem, in a world where there's only M1 computers right and there's no more Intel it's only M1 and we've all moved on, and you have the same apps on all the devices, and you have all the same functionality on all the devices. It's essentially an iPad with a keyboard attached to it. Like I, I just struggle again. What per, I would love to know what percentage of Mac users even today a number i think will explode in the future today are using mac app store apps versus separate installed apps you think more people use which one i think today it's probably 50 50 i'm just gonna gamble my point is though on an m1 computer i would think it would go to like 80 20 they're using mac store apps that be, because of the addition of the iOS and iPad OS apps, a lot of companies, you know, th there's a great uh, Photoshop app that already exists for iPad. I mean, there, there's no reason to... Now, again, they Adobe may not allow it, blah, 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 but I think that's true in a lot of cases where these companies have already built 
all of these great apps for iOS devices that people are going to use an experience that they could just get an iPad for. I don't know. I just think it like devalues the laptop in a way where it's a device you don't need anymore. You, you, an iPad will essentially do all the same stuff. But maybe I'm a lunatic who's really wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know. what. Why is that not the case today? Because you can't get iOS apps on a Mac. I think the you second... You could just get an iPad and Photoshop there. But that's what I'm saying. So, but today, if you, there are certain things that. Does it devalue the iPad? I think it blurs the lines. No, I think it blurs the lines. I think Photoshop's a bad example because it does have a really great, but you talk about Overcast or something like that, where it it doesn't sort of have a a Mac equivalent um, as nicely as iPad or as uh, Photoshop does. But at some point, you essentially have just created an iOS device in the form of a laptop that you can run a little extra software on. Uh-huh. Am I crazy to think that? No, I think that's the point. But that... <laughs> I'm not saying I, it's a I, bad I... thing or a good thing. I'm just saying, again, I always look at things from a consumer perspective. And at some point in the future, you're going to look at an iPad and you're going to look at a MacBook Air. And and why am I going to choose one over the other? Okay, I think I can answer this question. Okay. Like, I don't think there, I don't think there should be any grandmas getting... MacBook Airs in the future, uh, right? If you know you'll need like a Mac, like just as you you look at apps today, and they'll say like works on iPhone, works on Mac, works on Apple TV, uh, or right, like it. Some of those would say works works on a Mac. Um, and do you need a Mac? It's like probably not. Like, do you need to run the terminal? Do you write software? Do you use these like video? editing apps that only exist on the Mac. Uh, if you don't do any of those things, I don't think you need a Mac. But and I think that that would be a fine outcome. But I just wonder if that's going to happen more often. I guess that's my point is, are they going to cannibalize laptops and are they going to actually reduce the amount of Macs in the world and increase the number of iPads because the experience is going to be so similar. Well, What's that business business school thing where like you want to be, that right you want to always be putting stuff out of business and by the way it's they've been doing that for years ipad sales are up and mac sales are down so i but actually this was the the year that bucked a trend did you see that story no max had their best quarter ever did they uh last quarter probably because Mm -hmm. of all the potential work work from home home. But I, but I wonder, in a three years from now, in an M1 world, if all how many of those people might have gotten iPads instead? I don't know. Because, well, I, you know, you guys know developers. I know Colby's trying to make a point, but I have to say this before I forget it. I am curious, and I would like your opinions on, people who used to only develop for the Mac. Now that, theoretically, is Apple is going to a unified architecture across all their devices... Do those Mac-only software developers suddenly become ARM slash iOS slash iPadOS slash macOS unified developers and all those great Mac apps suddenly go across all these devices? See, I don't think so because I think people who at this point, at this juncture, like if you're 
like making exclusive Mac apps, you're still going to be like, you're making them for people who are using a computer, like mm. an actual computer. Mm. With with a keyboard and a you know <laughs> with the, with all the things that like come with using a a computer and not an iPad a touch bar for example <laughs> sure <laughs> terrible example <laughs> but yeah but anyways I, I don't know did you have something to say Dan or can I can I talk about my thing oh you can keep talking I've talked. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, I don't remember, I don't know. One of you said something about blurring the lines between things, but I, I feel like that's like blurring lines between devices is like, is exactly what they've been doing. Like not just on the hardware level, but also like in software, right? Like all the like unity feature things where like, you know, I can copy something on my iPhone and just paste it on my computer. That's insane. And the coolest, like I use that almost every day now. Um, and that's like, that's that thing. That's like blurring the lines. Like, are you doing stuff on your phone or on your computer? Like, well, no, you're just doing stuff. And like, you know, like my phone and my computer are just different, like different, like, you know, windows on the thing that I'm doing on, on my like view into the into the the system or something um but like it, taking that further right like we said earlier in the show like you know maybe there'll be touchscreen max someday and if it, you know if a year or two or three from now there are touchscreen max like well what's the difference between an ipad pro and a touchscreen mac maybe nothing right like maybe you know the ipad air is I mean, iPad Pros and like MacBook Airs like merge into the same thing, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's it's not crazy to think that like maybe there's a consumer, you know, a laptop-ish form factor thing that consumery people use, and then you know, I don't know, like I don't know what the where the the distinction will fall. I think that's fair. I, I we don't know. And that's uh, that's exciting. That's if I talk about what's exciting about this for me, that I don't know because when I think think about and maybe the answer is nobody cares, but you know, if you think about Apple's sort of pool of potential customers, we'll say 100 million Americans may buy an Apple product at some point. 80% of them have iPhones, 40% of them have iPads, 20% of them have Macs right now. I made those numbers up, but they don't sound crazy to me. What do those numbers look like in an M1 world? Do they sell more laptops because it's a unified architecture? Do they sell less laptops? Or maybe it doesn't change at all. That's the stuff I find interesting. It has nothing to do with the technology of it. And that's my only point I'm trying to get at. So maybe the answer is nobody cares. But uh, but I'm just curious what this means to... A sh when I look at how Windows is approaching ARM, they're not going all the way to phones, but essentially they're saying it's, it's uh, Surface Pros, you know, where, where it's a touchscreen, where the, the keyboard attaches, and we're just going to have Windows run on ARM. And it's not it's not even really Windows app. It's just the same shit, just on an ARM computer. And we're not, we're not, it's just, and sometimes it has a touchscreen and sometimes it doesn't. And they, it just really doesn't matter. And so I'm just, I just find the two approaches uh, interesting. Yeah. What I find exciting is... Uh, getting a computer for a thousand dollars—that's 
faster than the fastest Mac you can get today, at least for a couple seconds at a time. Oh no, th- this computer is going to be screaming. I mean, it's it's going to be it's going to be awesome. It reminds me a lot, for some reason, of going from gas to electric cars. Like, the first time, I, like, a Tesla went by me, and it was silent. And I was like, holy shit, that's a car? Like, I have a feeling it's going to be like that on one of these MacBook Airs, where it's going to be cool and silent, and to have a ton of battery life, and it's going to be like, whoa. And it's fast? That's crazy. I think it's going to be... Uh, similarly, like a boon for people developing for any of the Apple platforms because you don't have to emulate anymore or simulate, right? Like you literally just run the app. Obviously, like, you know, you'll be running the app on a way faster chip than you would be on a phone, but still it's the, I don't know. It's the same. Like, I feel like this, this, the, the sort of like catalyst, like cross platform stuff is just the like sort of accident of the, the thing, the, the meaningful thing, which is like, they can just make like way better, you know, CPUs than they could, than, than they're getting from Intel. But like, I think it's going to be cool. Like, that's going to be nice as a person who, you know, spends my day in the simulator now. I think it'll be great. That's exciting. Well, you you guys, I'm assuming... You have have, a, oh, go ahead, Dan. You have access to the holodeck, Colby? You spend your day in the simulator? I don't know what that means. Oh, that was a Star Trek joke. Dan, oh. Dan, you don't know he spends all day is in... He's working in ARM, the augmented reality machine. That's <laughs> what that stands for. Um, no, you guys... Do you guys think you're going to get... Uh, one of these to to work on to develop on unfortunately for me that docker thing i mentioned is a deal breaker for mm. right now so i'm gonna wait a couple months or a year see how that shakes out because there's a couple different ways it could go go down i don't know if, you know if anyone cares uh so i'm gonna wait to see which way it goes down yeah i I think uh, uh, work is like a two-year cycle for laptops. So maybe next year at work, if there is a work-level option by that point. Um, But for, like, I just just got a new computer, like a new laptop for for home. So I'll I'll be sticking with that one for a while. Fair enough. Well, at minimum, we all know we can pour one out for poor Intel. Uh, who has not only had their ass handed to them by Apple, but basically by everybody over the last decade or so. Um, and who knows, may head the way of Kodak one day um, if they don't get their stuff together. I don't know how to short a stock, but if I did. <laughs> oh, that's that's very fair. Um well, guys, uh, that's really all the news there is to talk about. We got a couple of quick picks in here. Um, and I really want to hear about Colby's because this is this is interesting. What's the what's the scoop here? Mm. What's the scoop? Okay, so my pick is my pick is a specific link to a coffee subscription from a like local coffee roaster. However, I like don't I think 
as far as I know, they will mail you coffee anywhere in the United States. It just go it comes USPS. So, you know, whatever. But the the thing the thing I really want to say is like I think many people are are working from home now. I found in working from home, I drink all my I make all my coffee at home now. I I don't get coffee out in the world, which is crazy, but I I drink coffee at a a, big, a very regular pace, right? It's very predictable how much, you know, by weight, how much coffee I go through in a week or a, or a month or whatever. So it I, I was thinking about this and I was like lamenting the crappy whole foods coffee I was drinking. Um, and so I like looked around and, you know, there are a bunch of coffee roasters in new England that you see at that when, when I used to go to places to get coffee, you would see like, you know, they usually like have local things. Like there's one in Maine called tandem that's popular here. And, uh, the one I picked is called grace note. It, that's a, it's in mass somewhere. Um, it's pretty good. I like one of the coffee shops I used to frequent had this coffee. Um, but it seems like almost like all the ones I looked up, like the local places all have a subscription option where they will just like mail you beans two times a month, like in with via the post office. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That's my pick is, I guess very specifically grace note. It's been pretty good so far. I've been doing it for a month. Um, but in general, like look around like you probably have a local coffee roaster or a semi-local coffee roaster that will mail you coffee on a schedule. It's great. Take you to figure out what your rate was, your rate of coffee consumption. Um, How many times have you adjusted your frequency, I guess? Uh, I like, weirdly enough, I got it exactly right the first time. Oh. Like, I... I I've gotten two deliveries so far, but like the first one was almost perfect, like to the day perfect. Um, What's your burn rate? How many? How many? Uh, how many uh, bags per month we talk? Twelve ounces a week, so it's forty-eight ounces a a month. Cool. Yeah. Well, what surprised me is the specifically with Grace Note. I mean, the price is not really ridiculous. No, it's it's like maybe a little expensive, like a little more than you would pay. I don't know, going to the grocery store. I was gonna say, like, well, but it's not store brand coffee either. I mean, this is premium stuff or a premium coffee. It's really not bad. It's, it's bespoke. Um, yeah, I think mine ends up being like thirty-eight bucks every two weeks so it's like it's like 14 bucks a week yeah yeah that's not right um but yeah that's uh 90 bucks a week i guess it's close to double the price of you know uh your like store brand coffee is like 9.99 a pound usually at, at least at whole foods so well i'm jealous i'm not working from home because uh i would definitely give this a shot this is exciting gracenotecoffee.com specifically for this one but as colby said choke your local listings yeah sean if you uh have any sway over the coffee purchasing at work they sell like you know you can get like shipments of five to five to twenty pounds of coffee so no we have one of those like 
diner style industrial like brew a big pot coffee machines and like the big glass carafes and it is the cheapest coffee ever made by mankind (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's just like sawdust that they pour hot water through um it's very bad nice i should although it would be funny if i did that just for like a day put really expensive coffee in there and see (laughs) if anyone noticed someone cleaned the coffee maker coffee's good today (laughs) tastes great no sean's just an idiot um cool check that out uh i have a quick pick here um actually tech related uh for me for a change which is nice considering i picked uh men's body products and slippers over the last two episodes um i got airpods pro with wireless charging which was exciting uh but that meant i had three wireless charging gadgets my watch my phone and my airpods I looked into all those three-in-one charging systems, and I could not find one I liked, uh, especially because I like my phone lying flat, and most of them have your phone at an angle. And so um, I searched, I searched. I also have a watch charger I really like that I didn't want to get rid of. So I found this Anchor uh, wireless charger dual pad. So it's essentially a a long dual pad um, two-device wireless charger. I put my phone on one side and my AirPods on the other and my watch on the charger I already have, and it works great. Now, I know there are a lot of two-device chargers out there. What I like about the Anchor is it's 30 bucks. It's really reasonable, um, and it works great. Uh, it was sort of the best price for for quality uh, two-device simple-as-hell charger uh, you can find, so I was very happy with it. Um, the, the PowerWave 10 Dual Pad. Neat. So, I hate all my chargers, but I refuse to spend any money on charger any more money on chargers. So it's bad. Again, I don't know why someone cannot just like not screw it up. Yeah, like I have, I have one of the like high speed like like propped up chargers, but like it only works with like the USB cable that they mailed you and yeah. the power brick that they mailed you, which is like fine but the usb cable is not really long enough like it it doesn't reach far it it doesn't reach from like my desk to the the surge strip on the floor with any extra room so it's like wedged like behind my monitor that's the only place it'll fit it's lame but i'm not gonna buy another one so it took me forever to find a watch charger i liked um and that's why i was not getting rid of it so I, I'm with you. It's um, it's a tough one. So take it from me. This is one I think is pretty swell. Have either of you taken the the new MagSafe challenge? No, I'm still rocking the the the, the my my 10R. So it's not MagSafe at all. Yeah, I put a giant uh, rare earth magnet on it, and now it doesn't work anymore. So if that's <laughs> taking the challenge, I guess I succeeded. Um. No, what's the MagSafe challenge, Dan? You get some uh, MagSafe well, accessories? Just, yeah, I just get to use the MagSafe charger. I was curious if either of you had tried it. I've tried it, and I don't... Like, I just use it to charge my phone at night. I like it better than a wireless charger because I can pick my phone up and look at it, and it still charges. Yeah. But it's easy to put on. Uh, but I don't know. I have, like... <laughs> the battery life of my phone no longer matters, so I haven't been keeping track of how quickly it charges. Because I'm on Wi-Fi all day long, and I, I end the day with seventy percent battery. That's <laughs> so, awesome. So I don't I don't know about how quickly it charges, but it's a pleasant experience. I guess that's right. my pick then. MagSafe. 
Apple I'm excited. And any MagSafe accessories? I know you said you got a no. case. Did you say you got a yeah. case? Yeah. I did. I got the silicon case. Not silicon. Sorry. The clear case. Um, which is, it looks pretty cool. Uh, here, you can see Oh, it. look at I, that. That's mm, nice. Kind of looks a little high tech. Uh, it's got that cool ring on it. I ha- I'm, I am eagerly anticipating the MagSafe car adapters, but I'm going to wait for reviews before I buy one. Fair. I hope that they could juice up the magnetism a lot. Mm. Well, I think I'm ready for a, a Dan challenge. The, uh, the MagSafe wallet challenge. We got to get Dan with those, <laughs> little, with those little MagSafe wallets. See how yeah, long you can put up with it. It'll probably work really well for me because I never have to put my phone in my pocket because I never leave the house. <laughs> right, exactly. But you'll also never leave your lose your ID or your cards. Right. My wallet, which spends one di- nine days out of ten sitting here in this drawer next to me, <laughs> or even leaves it. See, I I thought about that. I thought about getting one of those, but it makes me so nervous because it's like the two things that you could use to like buy something or identify yourself, right? Are you've attached them together. And so now you have like a one pocket, a single pocket point of failure. Like, well, it's, it's the same reason why the president and the vice president never fly on the same plane. It's like, it's, I did never understood the phone right. wallet. I'm like, you're just, it's like, Oh look, and it also holds my car keys. And you're like, no, <laughs> no bad. <laughs> Back out. Abort. Oh, man. Well, I frankly, I just think these walls are just ugly looking. Never mind how well they work. Uh, they just do not look good. So um, anyway, all right. Well, folks, that is the end of that. Uh, that wraps it up here. Um, unless you guys have anything else you'd like to say. No. no? They good? They good. Uh, that's the end of this episode. Uh, but we got a lot more. Don't panic. Don't cry. It's okay. We've got lots of past episodes, uh, including this week in Pixstory, all on our website, don'tpanic.io. It's a fantastic website. The audio, the video, the links to the pics are all there. Check it out. Of course, you can subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Get the latest episodes fresh delivered on your listening device of choice. Of course, the video version on YouTube. You can also get a hold of us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter and email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. I mentioned live Monday nights, now 9 p.m. Eastern over at Facebook. You can check us out there. Um, And I think those are all the places. So I got to wrap it up here. But on behalf of Colby and Dan, I'm Sean. Thanks for being here. It was a real treat. We'll see you next time for another episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.